we could have a whole episode about different themes, but just going with a reputable, lightweight theme that doesn't have just every bell and whistle possible, because it's like some of those themes, like they'll have everything you could possibly think of, and then you'll end up using like two of the features. So, <laughs> Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Today we are chatting with photographer, plant enthusiast, and Davy and Krista team member, Alex Lucas. Alex is one of our designers and he's joining me today for a conversation about how to speed up a website. We chat about why page load speed matters, hint, a fast website can help improve conversion rates, how you can test your own website, what you should look for when running a test, and then five ways you can increase your website speed. A quick warning, we chat about a lot in this episode. That's why it's almost an hour long. For quick reference, I've written a corresponding blog post that you can find in the show notes that summarizes what we've discussed. And as always, be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources we've mentioned during the episode. And I'd like to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see on the Branson Book Podcast as we move forward. I'd also like to know what episodes have you enjoyed most so far and why. To leave your feedback, head on over to the Davian Krista Facebook page and send us a message. Now... On the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Brands That Book Show. I have one of our uh, designers with us, Alex. He is talented designer, talented uh, photographer, talented grower of plants. <laughs> if you if you follow Alex, so you know I'll, I'll post all his uh, his social media links. But if you follow Alex, you know that he's sort of into plants. Sort and of is a. Yeah, a good understatement <laughs> is an understatement. So he's with me here today. He is a WordPress guru. He helps us with a lot of the WordPress side of our business. And uh, he's going to be here chatting about specifically ways we can improve the performance of our website, specifically around speed or loading times. And this is a question, especially since a lot of, or some of what we talk about and vlog about is search engine optimization. And we work with a lot of photographers that's, I think, one of their top questions. How can I get my website or pages on my website to load quickly when I'm blogging 100 images? So we're going to dive into uh, some tips on you know, how to optimize your website here. But Alex, this is your first episode of Brands yeah. That Book. So you'll have to tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself and your background real quick. 
uh, before yeah. we dive into tips for speeding up your website? Yeah, man. So obviously, like you said, I, I work for you guys. I've been almost a year, I guess, coming up close to a year working yeah. with you guys. That's crazy. Time flies. But before that, I was a photographer, still am a photographer. I work with my wife here in Alabama, and uh, we run a, a photo video company. We've been doing that for six years, so kind of following in the Davy and Krista uh, footsteps of being photographers and then designers as well. But we've been doing that for a good little while. And um, and then, like you said, the plant obsession <laughs> it takes up my other little bit of time. That's where a lot of people on Instagram know me from. It's not even from the photography or Davy and Krista. It's like, that's the plant guy. Yeah. Um, so I can't tell you how many people at Creative were like, hey, I got this fiddle fig or whatever. And like, talking to me about that more than website stuff. So it's kind of crazy. But yeah, and there may be something in the works with uh, some plant stuff. But I'm just kind of multi-creative. Like I feel like I just, I find something that I like and I'm all about entrepreneurship and anything that can do like that. So, you know, those are just, just anything that kind of comes my way. I just have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's ultimately a myth. There's a lot of people out there that I think say that you have to focus on one thing or just go and be really good at one thing. And, and of course, it's important to be good at what you do. But I also think that I've interviewed, especially on this show, a lot of really successful people who have a lot of different interests and yeah. hobbies that kind of turn into businesses and, and maybe um, more than what they started out as, as hobbies. And uh, just to get an idea of what Alex is talking about in way of plants and stuff, you got to go follow him on, on, on Instagram uh, and you'll get uh, why so many people uh, have started to come to him and be like, Hey, how do I, you know, how do I grow this fiddle fig or, or whatever? So, yeah. um, like I said, there may be something in the works in the future for that plant side of my life, but um, yeah, I will. Well, I hope so. On. I hope that'll work out. But yeah, as for now working with Dave and Krista and, and just doing photography and I, I think you're right. Like, uh, not to like go off into a whole different tangent, but yeah, I mean, like, I think starting out, it's good to have like a good focus, but you know, as you grow, some things can kind of go on autopilot or whatever. And it, that gives you some space to work for, uh, you know, a design company or do stuff with plant, what, you know, whatever sure. it is. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm just this like multi-creative, just different things. I like to stay busy and, you know, have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'll say uh, one thing that we've learned about Alex and, and one thing that we really appreciate about Alex is that you're very much somebody who can kind of teach yourself and and learn on the go and, and sort of just pick things up, um, you know, through your own research. And I think one, that's just a valuable life skill to have. You know, I think it just makes you more self-sufficient. But again, you know, I, so it just makes sense that, I mean, you, you do, I mean, even in your photo and video company, you have a good associate program. And uh, I mean, you just have yeah. a lot of different cool sort of things that uh, that you do from a business perspective that you've just kind of picked up on your own along the way. Yeah, I, try, I always joke. I tell people that I have a master's degree in YouTube and Google <laughs> um, just because, I mean, if I don't know something, I'm going to try my hardest to like just research it, figure it out. You know, because I mean, I did go to school for design and, you know, didn't go to school for photography. But, you know, there's so much education out there and most of it, you know, there's a ton of free education. So, I mean, if, that, if I don't know how to do something, whether it's plants or design wise or whatever, I'm going to figure it out. That's just my like thing. Yeah, I think yeah. you're kind of the same way with that. Like I do like to consider myself very much a, a self-learner. Uh, yeah. And somebody who's willing to dig in and, and get lost in research and stuff. <laughs> and Krista hates that, you know, yeah. that I just, I can get myself sidetracked for an entire day just because I come across 
something I want to do and I want to figure it out on my own. Um, yeah. but, Good trade. um, yeah, 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 for sure. For the most part. <laughs> but let's, let's jump into talking about website optimization. If you come to us for something WordPress related, so maybe we're doing a WordPress design for you or something along those lines, you can bet that Alex has at least a hand in it in, in some way. So we're going to a lot of our conversation of what we're going to talk about today is really optimizing a WordPress website where you have access to managing the hosting, if that makes sense. Um, so you've signed up maybe for your own hosting plan. So some of the things that we will talk about today won't necessarily apply if you're using ShowIt or Squarespace or Wix. Now, with that said, those companies are already taking steps to do those things for you. I think that's the uh, one of the great things about going with a company like ShowIt is that they're going to take care of a lot of this optimization for you. You don't have to think about it. That's not why you got into business to think about it. Exactly. Yeah, but for those of you who are, you know, maybe maybe you like having complete control over your website. So you want to also manage the hosting. A lot of what we're going to talk or all of what we talk about today are things that you could probably implement. But yeah, even, there's even there's okay. even a good bit of info on some of this optimization stuff that's, you know, even if you're on show it and, um, you know, optimizing stuff for your blog or if you're on Wix, like there's things that we can that people can implement here for sure that will will help out still. So for sure, I don't think those need people. Those people need to just like tune out. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. There's definitely things that we're talking about. I just want to make it clear if you're sitting there and all of a sudden we're talking about a content delivery network, which is a CDN, (laughs) which is something we're going to talk about here in a minute. And you're like, oh, well, I can't do that. And you panic and you're like, I got to move my website off of show it. That's not the case. They're already (laughs) implementing one. Yeah. So just want to make that clear uh, getting started. So first thing first, let's start towards the beginning here. Why is optimizing a website for speed performance uh, in particular important? Well, I mean, I think it goes kind of a lot of it goes a little bit hand in hand with like a good website design, like a good website design doesn't do a ton if it takes 10 seconds for that website to load. So like you can have this like fantastic website that's there for conversions and doing all the things that it needs to do. But if it just loads really slowly, I mean, people are going to leave it. So I'd say number one website optimization is there for user experience. And if you don't have a good user experience, people are going to dip out. Like, yeah, they're not going to like it. And I love that you start there because I think, yeah, I mean, everything that we do, right, is trying to provide a good user experience for the people who come to our website. Right? Yeah. And I, I think that's going to increase conversion, whatever your conversion is that you're trying to get. Like if you're not providing a good user experience, people aren't going to fill out the contact form. They're not going to purchase the product. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, that's why I put that as number one, because a lot of times, whether you're a store or, you know, you're a photography business or whatever you're doing, this is like their first interaction, their first time, like, you know, air quotes meeting you. Mm -hmm. And so like if that meeting is just this super slow, weird process, you know, there's just a lot of like things that can go with that that just make people not trust you or like this isn't a professional website or company or whatever, or we're just like, we're in this millennial world where we want information and we want it quickly. And if people don't get that, then they're probably going to go to the next, you know, next person or next spot on Google or whatever. We don't have a ton of time to get people's attention. So, um, absolutely. I think the number that people throw around a lot is eight seconds. So if your website is taking, you know, at least 10 seconds to load that you're, you know, you're just not in good shape. Now I do want to talk two follow up questions there. One, yeah, 
where can people go to figure out how long it's taking a page on their website to load? And, and I asked that very specifically, if you just, you know, you want to test a couple different pages on your website, you know, because yeah. your homepage is going to load uh, differently than a single Definitely. post page in your blog and so on and so forth. So don't just test your homepage and think, oh, my entire website loads at this exact speed. But right. where can people go to to test their website? Yeah, so there's there's a handful of different tools that that do this. But my favorite two, I have uh, my two favorites. So I have Pingdom. So if you just Google Ping Pingdom, I think it's Pingdom.com. It's a really good one. It's really simple to kind of understand. It'll break down like all the different parts of your websites. Like if images need to be optimized, it'll give you like a little grade or whatever, and it can kind of help you explain some of those things, like what they are. Like it'll say. You need a CDN and it'll explain what a CDN is. So we'll be in this podcast. Yeah. Um, but GT and my other one is GT Metrics. And GT Metrics is like Pingdom. It's still user friendly, but it, it goes a little bit further. It gives a couple of different uh, ways to analyze your website and kind of goes down a little bit more into like diving deep, but it's not so unuser friendly. Like sure. some of them can kind of get really clunky. And the, like but those two, those two are great. Web page test, which is web the page, one. Yeah. Yeah, that's your favorite, right? <laughs> it is. Webpagechest.org. Uh, I think it's .org. Uh, we'll we'll yeah. link to all of these in the show notes. So feel free to go to show notes. There'll also be a corresponding blog post on this for those of you who, after listening to this episode, need to be, you know, need to go and read something. But Webpagechest, it's less user-friendly. It looks a little bit more clunky. I, I like a few things about it. One, there's a few key metrics that I'm looking at, like for time to first bite, which I think GT Metrics has as well, yeah, but I don't is. think Pingdom shows you. And then no. it also has grades for different categories. So I'm looking at those grades yeah. as well. Uh, and focusing less on the waterfalls they provide and less on maybe the specific, you know, all of the specific numbers that they show. Definitely. But like Alex was saying about Pingdom, it's going to give you a couple categories and give you a letter grade for those categories. And you can fairly easily, okay, so I'm getting a C in this category. Why? Maybe it has to do with your images or maybe it has to do with caching. So all these things that we're going to talk about. I will say that when you dive into one of these that Alex is talking about, don't get overwhelmed with what you don't understand. You know, there's some base level of stuff that you'll probably be able to understand right away. Focus on making those updates. So don't get overwhelmed to the point where you make no updates because you don't understand everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just like any of the other systems that work off like a, you know, a A, B, C, D grade, you know, system or like, like Yoast works off the red light, green light system. It's not something that you just like have to get all A's in to be fantastic. And you can even get all A's in it and there still be like some slowness issues. So like, you know, you're, it, that's the goal is to make some of those better. But really you're, when you do those, you're looking for like the D's and F's and trying to just upgrade those as much as you can. But there's a lot of these things that we're going to go through and talk about that are pretty easy to implement and will probably give you like, you know, A's, B's, stuff like that. So, you know, just don't get so caught up in just making like Google Analytics, the Google has as a tester too. And it's like, you're never really going to make it happy, I feel like. But GT metrics, those are just, those are good ones to start with. And like, just like Davey said, like, uh, just take one thing at a time and kind of figure out what each thing means. Cause it, it can be a lot and it can be boring and it can be daunting. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot of like trial and just trying to see, um, especially when you're first diving into this. So hopefully we'll touch on like the main things, but don't get so like overwhelmed with it. Cause it, it can be a lot. Yeah. And there's two things I, re- I want to ask right now, and they're intentionally poorly worded questions or they're intentionally poor questions because of the point that I think you'll make and, and that I'll make here as well. 
The first one is how fast your page should load. Going off of what you just said about the scores you're getting, you can get all A's and have a crappy website, right? Like just because, you know, and you remember these are speed tests. They're they're not necessarily measuring user experience. They're measuring one aspect of user experience, which is how fast your page on your website loads. So, you know, you can make your website faster by taking all of the images off your website, right? <laughs> but if you're a yeah. photographer, a creative, somebody, I mean, really anybody, everybody relies on imagery in some way. Yeah. Taking all of the images off your website makes zero sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that... Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say just like on images, that's usually the biggest one, mm-hmm. um, especially for photographers or just wedding industry people where that's what we're showing. We're showing images. Sometimes they're big, but that's going to be the main one on most people's websites is uh, that's going to be the one that you get an F in is like optimize images, optimize images. And just like you're saying, you can take all them images off your website and you can compress them down where they look like junk to make make GT metrics happy. But then, you know, you're losing some of that, like, just good design and, and good work that you're trying to show off. So And nobody's um, going to book you because they think your yeah, images look like you, like that, right? Yeah, your, your images are all pixeled. So, yeah, it's definitely like a middle ground for us. Like, those things are grain of salt type things. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to share a little bit about our approach, like, there's certain baselines we want to hit. Uh, there's certain things where we can clearly say, okay, you know, especially as we first launched the the latest edition of our website, um, well, we have to fix this. This just isn't good enough. But then when you get into, we have sort of an acceptable range of page load speed, you know, and yep. when you get into that, then you can say, okay, well, it's good enough for now. And then when we have time, we can come back and we can chip away at things that Definitely. are going to make it a little bit better. And remember that if you're a photographer, you're competing against other photographers' websites. So everybody's dealing with this you know, this issue, you know, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't deal with it at all. You shouldn't optimize your images. That's not what I'm saying, but everybody's dealing with it. So just remember that as you go through any of this, my second poor question here um, is what website platforms are best when it comes to website speed? I felt a really loaded question there. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, like, just like we mentioned in the beginning, like any website can be optimized, whether it's already done for you for the most part, um, and you don't have any control over it. You know, most most of these big web platforms, they're going to do, especially the drag and drop builders, they're going to have some sort of optimization built in for you. You're just not going to have much control over any of it except for sizing your images properly. And I I think some of them will even help size your images for you. Mm -hmm. But WordPress is one of the ones that's just going to give you the ultimate control over just literally everything, especially if you have a good hosting environment that's going to let you do some stuff on that side. You know, and I want to also say we're talking about WordPress.org accounts. So like a self-hosted WordPress account, not WordPress.com, where you can like just log in and create a WordPress account. WordPress.org self-hosted WordPress accounts. You're going to have all the control that you could possibly need to do some of these things that we're going to talk about. So Again, just like you said, it's kind of loaded, but if you're one of those people that wants to like really dive in and and take some of these steps and have full control over it, my experience is going to be WordPress is going to be the one that's going to give you the most options to be able to do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I asked that question really just to make the point that, again, if you're, we think our philosophy uh, at Davy and Krista is the website that you're going to update or that you feel comfortable updating and making changes to as you go, that's the best website for you, you know? And so if that's a show up website, that's the best website for you. Just because 
I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can get more control over things, but if you're going to get yourself into a website where you don't feel comfortable making any updates, like that's not the website for you. So what Alex was saying, what is true, like for the most part, regardless, as long as you're on a reputable website platform, so something like a show it, you know, you're going to be able to get yourself in into a fast website, right? Yeah. Um, So don't, you know, don't beat yourself over that just thinking, oh, well, if I go to something like WordPress, I'm going to have control over absolutely everything. Well, it doesn't do you any good to have control over everything if you don't know or you're not going to take the time to actually go in and configure everything. Right. And so that's, again, the beauty of something like a builder. But we're going to dive into here uh, chatting about, you know, some of these things uh, specifically, how, uh, how people can speed up their website. So let's talk about number one. Let's talk about how it's built and maybe some considerations for just from the from the very beginning you don't have a website you're building a website how does how it's built affect website speed well so i mean from the get go if we're talking about specifically wordpress here starting with like a quality theme is going to be the biggest thing because i mean that's most of the code on your website is going to be key so like if you don't know much about themes there's we could talk we could have a whole episode about different themes but just going with a reputable lightweight theme that doesn't have just every bell and whistle possible because it's like some of those themes like they'll have everything you could possibly think of and then you'll end up using like two of the features so <laughs> like when we build our themes our wordpress themes uh, we usually go with like you know something that's got some basic like typography you know features but all the other bells and whistles we'll either add that in later or you know, stuff like that. But then plugins are going to be probably the next thing that's going to just slow down your website. If you have a billion plugins, that's going to really affect some of your website speeds and can conflict with a lot of things. So really figuring out what plugins are a good, those two things are going to be a good start. Go and we, yeah, we went through that process with our website, right? I mean, especially when we launched, we were like, uh, we used quite a bit or a few more plugins than maybe we wanted to use. And so really going through and deciding, okay, which of these do we really need? Um, yeah. And where can we get rid of certain plugins? And, you know, I've been in the back end of websites where, you know, people over the course of 10 years have just collected plugins and many of them are deactivated or they conflict. They, you know, two plugins offer the same functionality. Yes. I think from a security standpoint, right? It's really important to make sure that you're one, you're updating your plugins, the leading plugins that you're not using. And then, you know, from a speed standpoint, making sure that you really need that plugin, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And weighing features too. I think there's a lot of cool stuff and we kind of fall into marketing traps where people are like, oh, you really need this feature on your website that does X so that you can increase the time people spend on your website by one second, you know? But really walking through, okay, do I absolutely need this on my website? Is it worth maybe my website not loading as quickly? Yeah, exactly. And there's a ton of those that like, I mean, like one of the ones that I always think is funny is there's like a Google Analytics dashboard plugin. And all it does is just keep you from having to log into Google Analytics. It just shows you like your like traffic, which is a cool plugin, but it slows down your website. It does absolutely nothing on your website other than like the back end. Like so you, yeah. when you log in and it slows down your website. And, and, you know, anytime I see that on someone's website, I'm like, you just need to bookmark, you know, Google Analytics and log in each day if that's what you want to see, because that plugin is not worth the speed that you're going to lose. And, it, you know, we might be talking about, you know, fractions of seconds here, or, you know, 0.3 seconds. But if you have like three plugins that do that, you know, you're going to really start to add add up. So sure. that's why I say those first two, like before you start building and you're trying to figure out some of these functions that sometimes can only be reached with plugins, 
you really just need to make sure that you're getting quality ones that are updated and that work well together. So and just trying to keep that number low. Just to recap here, one, uh, choosing the right theme, two, mm-hmm. plugins. So limiting mm-hmm. plugins to, to absolutely what you need. As far as themes go, if somebody's building their own uh, website from scratch, what themes do we like? Well, there's two that I'm really big fans of, or I'll say three. If you're sticking with Elementor's the page builder that we use, there's a really good lightweight option called Hello. It's the mm-hmm. one that Elementor makes and it actually offers no settings. It's literally like <laughs> you, just ha- you just have to have a theme to run WordPress. Yeah. And they literally made the bare minimums of a theme to run. And then because something like Elementor, you can do everything that you want to. So that's a really good one if you're not going to get in there and like, you know, mess with some of the other crazy things that themes can do. But there's Astra. Astra is a really good one. That's the one that we use on the DK site. It offers a little bit more features of like setting typography and just some other little add-ons that work well within the theme without adding a plugin. Mm-hmm. So Astra is a really good one. And then like I said, there's there's a few, but like WP Ocean, a lot of these, when you go into WordPress and you go to like the themes section and click add new, it's like the ones that are on the, the front page usually, um, I say that lightly because there are some like other ones, but usually those are really good. I mean, those those three that I just listed are are fantastic, especially for us with using Elementor. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a lot of you won't, or a lot of you, we wouldn't recommend building your website from scratch unless you're a designer. Yeah. There's not really a reason to do that. But for those of you interested, that that's going to be helpful stuff. Uh, if you are not a designer, then you should you know either be hiring a designer to build your website for you or purchasing a template from uh, a reputable designer whose aesthetic you like. Yeah, for sure. I, w- one more thing I want to talk about on that front, and then and then we should probably move on just because we have a lot more to talk about is yeah. the page builder itself. So we've been talking about um, mentor. So uh, show it, for instance, is its own, you know, standalone page or, or website platform builder, right? Squarespace, same thing. Well, on WordPress, you can essentially install a plugin that helps you build pages. And there's a number of them out there. One is Elementor. Um, another one would be Divi. And a third one would be Beaver Builder. And so all the ones that I've just mentioned are pretty reputable, pretty well known. We build our websites using Elementor because we think it of the three, at least that I just mentioned, it's the best. In addition to that, as far as like lightweight goes, now I wouldn't say it's not the lightest weight. That anytime you're using Builder, there's a you know yeah. a little bit of a bloat, so to speak, in there. But I would say that it's better than something like Divi, right? I mean, would you agree? Where you know Divi is just a collection of short codes. Yes, and I used to be a Divi builder myself before before Elementor, and there's a noticeable difference, at least for me. I mean, the, the features that it comes with, and then just like you said, all the short codes and all the bloat that it has. I think Elementor is a world better. But before we did move on, I did want to just like quickly list out just some key takeaways of like sure. quick ways to, uh, and maybe we can expand on some of these if you feel like we need to, but just good ways to get some quick wins with some website speed. Yeah, um, and, and I think that, and that's fine. We can stay here because I think this is going to be the kind of stuff that applies to most people. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And, and some of these are pretty simple. So I don't know if they'll take up too much time, but feel free to you know, if you want me to expand on some of these, like, sure. But we talked about, you know, starting out with a good theme and plugins and kind of limiting those. But beyond that, when you start building, or even before you start building, I mean, your hosting is going to be a key thing, which I I think we'll talk a little bit more about different types of hosting is going to be a good key. And then images, images, just like I said earlier, that's going to be something that a lot of us struggle with. But there are a ton of different options of how to like size and 
compress images to be, they can still be large images as far as like how far are they spread across the screen. But there's a lot of junk in images, you know, like your camera settings and all that that you don't need on a web page. And so I think using something that compresses it, one of my favorite tools is JPEG Mini. It's a premium plugin, but there are a ton of like, there are some plugins that will strip some of that data on upload of WordPress. And we can talk about some of those, but just making sure there's even free ones online, just making sure that um, you're sizing images and then compressing them and stripping out some of that like junk that's saved into images. And, well, and I think that, that go ahead. Well, they, well, let's let's talk about images next then, because images yeah. are so of our thing of the things that we have remaining to talk about. We are going to talk about hosting, choosing the right host. We're going to talk about caching tools, content delivery network, and then images as well. So maybe we just jump to images here. Um, yeah. And you said you uh, you really like JPEG Mini. We yeah. use on the DK site Short Pixel. Yes. Well, Short Pixel is a, a little different, but yes, we do use Short Pixel. Mm-hmm. So let's start with JPEG Mini. Some of the things that it's going to do going to help you do in terms of optimizing images? Yeah, yeah. So basically, the first step with a photographer or wedding planners, any of you guys out there that are listening, is going to be just sizing them appropriately, whether you're in Lightroom or, you know, you have any of these little programs on your computer, just making sure they're not, you know, we have these 50 megapixel cameras out now, like Mm -hmm. you don't need a 50 megapixel file. So just making sure that it's roughly sized appropriate. Sometimes that's 1200 pixels wide, you know, just depending on what it's used for, but just making sure it's as close to possible to the spot that you're going to use it for. And I will, um, I will post a tutorial. It's a 100% free. It's something that's on our blog that Chris has actually gone through our entire workflow for, you know, sizing images. So I'll post that. And then, so we can skip over that. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a good thing. And then, like I said, JPEG Mini is an app on your computer. I'm on Mac. I'm sure it's on PC and everything. But it's just an app. You literally just drag the image over into it, and it just compresses it. And it's like takes like three seconds, and it tells you how much you've saved in that image. And usually it's a lot. And does it strip um, away all that other that junk that you were talking about that doesn't yes. need to be an image. Yep. Yeah. Usually it'll, it'll strip out as much as it can within its lossless compression. Okay. So, so this is, I mean, it's even a tool that we use when we deliver wedding galleries that just strips out some of that junk so we can fit them on like a USB or it t- doesn't take as long to upload. So it's a really great tool, not just for, you know, website and come in handy on, on a ton of different things, but it's lossless. So that means you're going to just drop it in there. It's just going to strip away what it can without losing any image quality. And so that's why I like it. It's just click and drag and then mm-hmm. you can upload. But there are, like I said, or just like you were even mentioning, like there's plugins like Short Pixel. There's, I don't know how to say it, E-Triple-W or U, uh, Image <laughs> Optimizer. I can't quite, I don't know how to say it. But that's another plugin, Imagify. Those are all and that's plugins. Imagify, I think, is WP Rocket's plugin, which we're going yes. to uh, talk about here in a second. Yes. So going back to Short Pixel, any considerations in, you know, whether people in addition to JPEG Mini should look at Short Pixel? Yes. So the, if people Google, there's two different short pixel plugins. We use the short pixel adaptive high or adaptive images or something like that. I can't remember. I think I'll it's post adapt- it in the show notes. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's called adaptive images, but there is just like a short pixel image optimization one that does what we we're talking about, just stripping away stuff. But the adaptive images is really cool because what it does is it will take like if you have a space on your website that needs an image. 800 pixels wide by whatever, uh, and you upload a thousand pixel image, it's going to like dynamically size that image to perfectly fit that box and deliver that to the person that's viewing your website. So that error that you get in GT metrics that says like, 
lower, it'll in GT metrics, it'll tell you every image on your website that needs to be on that page that needs to be sized and what size it needs to be. That's can be very daunting to go <laughs> in and like, this one needs to be 586, not 585, or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, adaptive images will literally do that all for you. But it is like a, a premium thing. Like you have to go in and like buy some credits each, uh, like, you know, month, that yep. you can use per month and stuff like that. But it's not that expensive. And that's a very easy win. You literally like, you know, install that plugin, log into your account, and then it just works. Yeah. And it's kind of like CDN based. We'll talk CDNs in a minute, but it kind of works off of short pixel CDN. But it's like literally you plug it in, you give it just a little while to run through your site and you run a scan again. And that error is going to give you an A plus. You're, yeah. you're, it's fantastic. So it that one is really worth the money. And I believe we actually got our short pixel license through AppSumo. If you've never heard of AppSumo before, it's like a lifetime deal go to AppSumo, it'll explain what it is, but they offer lifetime deals on different tools. And so we scoop that up through that. But uh, yes, a great tool. So uh, as far as images, anything else that we should keep in mind when optimizing images? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, I think Krista's blog, I've read it, it's going to go over, you know, making sure DPI is correct and, you know, image size. Like, I think that's a perfect tool. Um, and she probably explains it a lot better than I, I will. So just check that blog out. That's going to be a big key. And then the, these extra little steps that will just refine that a little bit more are great steps to really, you know, get those page speeds up. Cool. And, and you know, like I'll, I'll say really quickly, one thing that people are probably going to run into is that, you know, a lot of plugins won't optimize images that you've already uploaded. That's that's the, that's a struggle there. Where and that might be something where some of these premium plugins come to play. Where maybe like Imagify is one that'll you can pay for a, just one month of it, and it'll uh, compress all the images on your website that are already uploaded. Mm -hmm. And then you won't have to pay so much after you've compressed all those. You can compress as you go each month or whatever. But that's going to be one struggle that a lot of people deal with. Where Imagify or ShortPixel kind of does everything that's already uploaded to your website. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's probably a lot more we could say about- uh, There really is. Yeah, image optimization. Uh, I will encourage you, again, like uh, we have already, don't overthink it, do what you can, then you know, come back to maybe trouble spots. I will say for photographers, like you probably don't need to blog 100 images in an engagement session. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said just from the marketing perspective, just from a business perspective, you know, choose those the absolute best images from a session and then and blog those. And again, that will help those blog posts load more quickly. Yeah, uh, and, blog posts are struggles. Yeah, it's just it's just a page full of images. So, yep. And so and sure every that. photographer is going to have to deal with that. So let's move on to hosting, uh, choosing yep. a good host. What are our recommendations for that? Well, I'll say it's probably easier for me to say what we don't like. Sure. Um, and that's pretty much any um, AIG company. And you can literally Google AIG hosting companies. And it's pretty much all the big dogs. And I hate to like point fingers and stuff like that. But like your GoDaddy's, your HostGators, stuff like that. Those are all essentially the same company. Uh, it's just AIG is a company that owns all these big branded hosting companies. And they're not just horrible, but they're really not good. I mean, that's where a lot of people like they get stuck with and they're like, why is my website running slow? And it's literally a hosting problem. So, and, and most of them lead back to AIG. So what I personally love is uh, SiteGround for the price, the, the tech support, live chat. You really just cannot beat 
side ground. Um, and I think they pretty much dominate a lot of the hosting uh, environments for WordPress. Yeah. So SiteGround is a great one. Uh, there's a couple other too, if you want to get into more managed WordPress hosting, uh, that could be good. I hear a lot of good things, for instance, about Kinsta. What else? WP Engine. I hear good things about WP Engine as well. Flywheel. Flywheel. Yep. Uh, but SiteGround is one that we generally recommend for all the reasons that you just mentioned. You know, 24-7 live support, it really doesn't get uh, better than that, right? because you will run into issues uh, with a website and it's nice to be able to reach out and actually talk to somebody and not just have to submit uh, a ticket. And I think some of these other companies that we were talking about, one of the hard things is it feels like support's not even that helpful, you know? Um, And just as far as choosing a hosting plan, as far as plans that you might want to stay away from and plans that you might want to choose, know that price differences are there for a reason, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, like if you're paying 10 cents a month for your hosting plan, it's probably not a very good plan. In general, we recommend staying away from shared hosting in a lot of cases, you know, because again, just, you know, if you're wondering why you're paying $9 a month for hosting, there's probably a reason. And you're probably sharing server resources with a ton of other websites, um, which again is going to affect speed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's usually where most people land. I mean, even on SiteGround, you know, I mean, their, their shared hosting is, is, you know, it's better than, than GoDaddy's, mm-hmm. but essentially shared hosting is the most basic hosting that everybody sees when they go to a hosting website. It's like hosting plans starting yeah. at four ninety nine a month. And they're essentially just like what, what you said, they're shared. So they're anywhere from hundreds to a thousands of people on one hard drive of essentially like it's kind of like an apartment complex like everybody's living in that one building sharing you know the washer and dryer the parking sharing the hot water you know yes they're sharing everything that's that's a perfect example like they're sharing the hot water if everybody's taking a shower in that apartment complex you're going to run out of hot water if everybody on their webs on the shared hosting platform is is on and they're working and lots of traffic you're going to see that slow issue on your website and you won't even know why. Sure. Um, so that's one of the reasons we say, you know, if you can afford it and it's in your budget to step up to something a little bit more dedicated um, where some of the resources are a little bit more specific to your website and you're not sharing them with everybody because it's a huge pain to log onto your website and you're like, it was fast yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like it was doing good. Now why is nothing uh, working? And there's a couple other like security reasons and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, like shared hosting, just like you said, it, it's $5 a month for a reason. Yeah. Um, when when you can jump up a little bit and get some of these other uh, services that we'll talk about that are going to be pretty big wins really quickly. And if you're going with uh, shared hosting on SiteGround, which again if, is fine uh, for some people, right? We'd recommend one of their higher, their two higher plans. I think they have three shared hosting three plans. Tiers, yeah. And I think we'd, we'd recommend one of the two higher ones uh, and you can compare the plans. And of course, if you have questions, leave a comment on the show notes here. Happy to answer those uh, specifically. And, you know, hosting a, another subject where we go a thousand levels deep, we could talk about uh, DigitalOcean is another company that uh, I have some experience with uh, and have really liked. But for most people, it's just going to be, you know, too technical to set up. So yeah. SiteGround, I think, is a, a great place to go if you're looking for somebody you just want to be reliable. Um, we've talked a little bit about building your website considerations, choosing the right host. Let's jump into the next thing, uh, caching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I did want to just say if you're you're trying to, uh, one step up, SiteGround has a different plan. It's a cloud hosting environment. It's a little bit more dedicated. Look into that. Um, 
it, it's going to be worth the money. That's what we use. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as caching goes, what's caching? What tool do we use? Why do we recommend it? So caching is basically, it can get really technical, but it's really just a way of just compressing a lot of the code and just all the stuff that's on your website by using a plugin. And so that's really just the basic form of it because it does a lot of different things, but without boring you and, and making this podcast a um, a way to put people to sleep, <laughs> that's essentially what it does is it's just, it's, it's compressing more than just images. It's compressing uh, code and files and um, delivering them in a little bit better way for, for browsers to read it. But so one of our favorites is WP Rocket. It is a premium plugin. It's not that expensive, but um, some of these other free pre- uh, free plugins, they work good. They'll, they'll get the job done. But WP Rocket's very user-friendly, uh, does have some good support. It's not 24-7 like live, but it, sure. it, it's really good support where if you're just having like some issues, um, they will help you out. They will log into your website and, and, and help you. But it's just fantastic. And like I said, it, it walks you through all the different things that you can do with caching. And it really has like tool tips that'll tell you like what this is doing, it's just very user friendly. So I would highly recommend uh, WP Rocket. And then if you're looking for like a good uh, free option, uh, WP Supercache, that's a good one. There's, but there's there's a thousand of them. But WP Supercache is a, is a decent free one. Um, yeah, as far as WP Rocket goes too, um, if you are on Show It, uh, WP Rocket supposedly works okay with Show It. We did w- while our website was on Show It. It ran into an issue where occasionally when we when we updated WP Rocket, it would crash our Show It website uh, mm-hmm. or lock us out of it, uh, which was annoying. Uh, even though, uh, again, it, it should be compatible with Show It, but just kind of beware if you're going to use that with Show It. You might want even want to reach out to the Show It team and just double check on whether. You, actually, just in general, they don't recommend caching tools because WP Engine already has their own proprietary caching tool uh, in play. Yep. WP Rocket is was one of the few plugins that apparently was supposed to be compatible with uh, the stuff that WP Engine was running. It was kind of hit or miss, though. So yeah. just a warning yeah, if you're that, on Show It uh, using caching tools. And that's that's a really good like a, a third option too. Is like some of these hosting providers are offering like SiteGround, SiteGround. off their own like built in caching plugins that they don't go quite as into depth as like uh, WP Rocket or something like that. But they do have a few options, even some image optimization with with SiteGround's uh, plugin, but just few easy wins that usually won't break your website or, or do anything crazy that will we'll help people get started, you know, not having to like jump fully in yet. But um, SiteGround's caching plugin actually works pretty good. Yeah. And if you're on a budget too, you know, if you're already paying for your SiteGround plan, and you don't have uh, you know money to pay for another premium plugin, uh, and you want to limit plugins. Uh, this would be you know something like the SiteGround yeah. uh, optimizer, SG optimizer, uh, is a good alternative there. Yeah. Um, but caching is going to uh, help. You know, one thing I love about WP Rocket too is they do get back to you with very specific steps you can take in terms of the settings that you can turn on or off. It does yep. a pretty good job of configuring itself in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you reach out to them and you're like, hey, I don't, you know, I'm thinking about turning this on or off or whatever, they'll come back to you and say, hey, this is what we recommend. This is what we don't recommend and why. Uh, and so we really have appreciated that about them. Yeah. And and like with, with WP Rocket and a lot of these um, things, like they can do some funky things to your website. Like they'll take away like um, icons or, you know, very random things. Yeah. Like our search, uh, very our rare, search icon. 
Uh, yeah, it took away our site icon yeah. for a little while. So like, there's a lot of um, very rarely is going to like just crash your website, but mm-hmm. but this stuff is a little bit more trial and error. It's checking that box, clicking clear cache, and seeing what it did, and making sure that nothing you know is missing or like your fonts are jacked up or anything like that. So like, but for the most part, you're not just going to like ruin your website. It might lock you out for a second or something like that. But usually, it's it's pretty simple stuff, and it literally is just as simple as like enabling uh, browser caching or something like that and seeing what it does and running that speed test at GT metrics to see how much it, it affected it. And sometimes you have to, you know, uh, run pingdom and GT metrics. It's good to run those like two or three times. So it, uh, cause usually the first time is like trash and then the second time and third time are like really good. And you can kind of do an average of those, but that's literally the way to do this is check one box and then run a test and then check the other, run a test and just make sure, um, the, nothing's messing up along the way. It's not overly complicated. It's just a little, a little time consuming. Yeah. Like, normal people can do this. Tedious for sure. It, you know, and what, what Alex was saying too, just, uh, it, sometimes it takes time for those, those changes to take effect. So if you run a test right after you made a change and nothing seems to have changed, maybe you just need to wait an hour, uh, and come yeah. back to it, you know, yeah. for sure. So caching tools, we do recommend WP rocket or, you know, look into, if you're choosing a reputable host, a lot of them are going to have uh, their own built-in caching tools. Uh, again, if you're on show it, you probably don't need one. Um, right. you could play around with WP rocket, but I'd only do that after talking to the show it team. Um, and then if you're looking for a good free alternative, again, look into your hosting, uh, tools. Um, Definitely. the next thing that I think does, or we saw made a, a pretty considerable difference in the, in the way that are, or the speed in which our website loads is implementing a CDN, which is a yes. content delivery network. So could you talk a little bit about what a CDN is, couple reputable, uh, CDN providers and yeah. you know, where to go from there? Yeah. So after we kind of, you do some of these steps that we've done previous here, a CDN uh, is a good place to look at because it's another quick win and it's not overly complicated. Uh, but a CDN is basically a way of like, if, if you go with SiteGround, it's going to tell you, like when you set up SiteGround, it's going to say, hey, what's the closest server location to you? And that might be like Chicago or, you know, something like that. And Basically, that's where your website is going to be delivered from. When someone types in your URL and they're in California, it's basically going to have to ping Chicago and then send that that information back to that person. In other words, your your website actually physically lives somewhere. You know, yes, I think a it, lot of people don't realize that, but it, so it physically lives somewhere. Even if it says cloud, it's, yeah. <laughs> a, a cloud is, is is not really a cloud. It's it's a server somewhere. It lives somewhere. Yep. And so, yeah, that's a good point. It's, it, it, it's on a hard drive, essentially, somewhere. And so what a CDN does is kind of divides that up and puts it on these um, other servers in closer locations to other people. And this is specifically important for uh, people, if you have international business or stuff like that, like you have people that are reaching your, trying to reach your US website that are in Australia, um, they get really bad. So like the, their site speed is going to be horrible on your website if you don't have a CDN enabled. Um, and so, and you can even on these like GT metrics and stuff like that, you can search your site speed in different locations. So if mm-hmm. you want to see what your site speed is in London, you can do that. And usually it's going to be really bad if you don't have a CDN enabled, because like I said, like if they live in London, it's going to have to, it's going to reach a server in London versus having to go all the way to Chicago. So 
but but that's essentially what a CDN does. Your second question was some good ones to look at, right? Yeah, and we and we can stick to the the one we use and the one that a lot of other people use. Yeah, and and I, I think those are going to be the, the the two ones anyway. Uh, we personally use a company called Stackpath, and it's a little uh, it's not much as known. I, I believe they bought out another company, um, Max CDN, I think. Yeah, yeah, which was very well known. So, um, but we use them uh, again, very user friendly. Something that I think is worth paying for is having support at your fingertips, like live chat support anytime um, is fantastic. And and Stackpath has it like there's always a guy um, that speaks English yeah. uh, that 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 can help you really quickly and they'll log in and kind of configure some things for you. So uh, I, I would first and foremost recommend them. The second one um, is Cloudflare. That's probably the one that um, most people have heard of or, or maybe are using. And they're a great option. They have a free option. Uh, Stackpath is, is premium, but uh, uh, Cloudflare does have a free version and it works decent. But it just it has a little bit of limitations. And again, there's the support's going to be all email based um, and stuff like that. So it's a little bit more to set up. And CDNs offer a lot of different types of settings. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you don't know exactly what's going on, uh, like, for instance, Davey, like with running an e-commerce website, you don't want to enable static caching because like that would mean if I logged in to buy something on the DK site, someone else if they're on there and something's added to their cart i'm gonna see that so does that make sense like it's gonna cache that cart and when i go in i'm gonna be like why do i have positano added to my or if there's you know even if there's changing product variables you only have a certain amount of products in in stock at the time yeah Yeah. so there there are definitely for e-commerce a lot of different settings that you want to uh, be aware of um but one of those, you know, just to speak to Alex's points as far as like maybe some of the even the differences between Cloudflare and Stackpath, when we were doing some research on the two, and again, take I take this with a grain of salt because I think there's always updates to both platforms. But Definitely. one of the takeaways I got from Stackpath and looking at different speed tests was that Stackpath did a little bit better job, at least in the test that I I came across on delivering. Uh, web pages more quickly, whereas Cloudflare uh, probably had maybe some more robust security specific features. Yep. You know, not that security specific features aren't important, but a lot of these security specific features were were for big enterprise companies. You yep. know, not necessarily the small team. You know, solo premiere website. So yeah. security is important. That's a whole nother podcast we'll do probably yeah, at some point. Right. And, and that, but, I was just about to say that like both of them will offer some security options. So even from that standpoint alone, having a CDN is great. We don't even, um, you know, I don't even think we use very many of, uh, or at least we probably just scratched the surface in terms of the security features we use from Stackpath specifically yeah. because we've invested in security tools elsewhere, you know, like yeah. specific companies that, that, uh, specialize in that. Um, maybe that's a podcast for, Oh yeah. I think day. that's another one is doing, uh, <laughs> is, is talking about those security tools, but what, you know, what Alex was saying is, uh, it just allows your, and the other thing about Cloudflare, I think Cloudflare does have more data centers, but Stackpath still has a bunch, you know? So in other words, you know, the more data centers that your CDN has in general, the more locations that your website is cached at. And so, uh, more people will be nearer to a data center, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And but, I mean, just to give people like an idea of what some of this stuff will do when we were designing our website, we were, I mean, when we got done with it, it was something like 12 seconds 
uh, load time. We were like, yeah. we got to get this, we got to get this fixed. And just implementing a few of these little things that we've talked about, like um, the CDN and, and WP Rocket and stuff like that. I mean, we we mostly average around that three second mark, which is kind of where you want to be. I mean, some of those were were beating that three second mark. Some of those were a little after that, but like you kind of want to be aiming for that that three second mark. You know, like if your website's loading ten seconds, most of the time uh, it's even worse on mobile because mm-hmm. people don't, you know networks and stuff like that aren't that great with mobile you know, it could be even worse on that end. And, and I don't know about specifics on the DK website, but I mean, at least on my like wedding photography website, 70% of my visitors are from an iPhone. Yeah. Um, so like just cause it works good on a, a thousand megabit per second internet, um, doesn't exactly mean that it's great on, um, a tablet or an iPhone or something like that, which is really where you need to be looking at. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. That, to, to give people listening a good benchmark somewhere around that three second mark, it, it's not always going to be perfect on like single, like blog pages and stuff like that, that are very image heavy, but for the most part, you want it to kind of be somewhere around that mark. Yeah, for sure. And I think what Alex just said about, uh, iPhone versus, versus, uh, desktop, you know, looking, making sure that, stuff is working and loading on the iPhone. I think because we're probably sitting at our computer making mo- most of these updates, we're easy to check for desktop and then maybe forget about a mobile you know, thing. And we just ran into this yesterday where um, the mobile version of one of our subdomains wasn't working. you know, And it's, uh, it's one of those things where it, it's just easy to overlook. Like of course, when, and it was partly, it was because I made an update to that subdomain. And so when yeah. I made the update, of course I go and I visit the page and everything looks fine, but I'm on my computer. I should have, you know, gone the extra step and made sure that it also loaded on uh, our iPhone and our yeah. um, and, and iPad as well. The so, actual device, not like like shrinking your screen size down or yeah. you know, any of that. Like literally, the actual device can display a lot differently than. I mean, there there are a lot of tools that will display uh, air quotes display like different screen sizes on your computer for you, but nothing's going to be, you know, actually using an yeah. iPhone to test that. So, and th- like you can even do some of these speed tests yourself. Like if you, if you open an incognito window on your iPhone and type in your website or something, you can kind of like judge some of the speed stuff, you know? So that way, if you're like, well, my, my website says four seconds, but like sometimes it's, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Like just literally watching your website load. Sure. Asking, uh, asking friends to do the same, you know? Yeah. And, and remember too, we talked about a lot today, but like, uh, and a CDN is, is going to be important or it's so easy to set up and, and there are free options out there that it's one of those things that you just might as well do if you're, you know, manage your own hosting and, uh, and have a WordPress website or, or a website in general. But, you know, if you're in uh, Alabama, let's say, and you're a wedding photographer, most of the people who are searching for you are also going to be in Alabama, right? right, um, right. And so a CDN that delivers your, your website really quickly in Australia, not, you know, as important necessarily. Right, right. But with that said, I, so uh, again, just a lot of different factors here. And, you know, I, I say all that just to say this, which I should have just said based on what you, what you were just talking about, which is go to Google Analytics. Like if you feel like, people aren't converting in a certain area. Page speed is one of those things to look at, right? I mean, if you have a page and it's converting really, really well, maybe you don't mess with your page speed because it's obviously, it's you know, something. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's working because people are filling out that form on the website or they're, they're, they're buying that product. Um, but 
again, we're not just trying to make our websites fast for the sake of making websites fast, right? Yeah, not for, um, for the for the green lights and the the A pluses. Like, yeah, exactly. There's a reason behind it. Yeah, you want and you want to focus on whatever that conversion goal is, and so um, using that conversion goal as a guide to troubleshoot issues on your website, I think, is really important because otherwise. You know, like if your website's converting fine and then all of a sudden you decide you want to spend some time, you know, on page speed, then all of a sudden you're, you know, down the rabbit hole and you spend hours on this thing where you didn't really have to just because you wanted an A instead of a B on a certain page score test. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and you definitely have to weigh, weigh those options of like, is the, is paying a little bit for a plugin or paying a little bit for uh, a premium caching is, is the time that it's going to save me having to set all this stuff up and maybe I get some support with it. Is that going to be worth the time that I'm going to save setting all this stuff up? And I, in my opinion, it's, it's yes. Cause I mean, time's a very valuable thing. So absolutely. Um, and these things can be very tedious. So just like take one at a time and, and figure out some of these, if you're on a budget, maybe it's just optimizing your images upon upload and just making sure that part's running good and they're sized appropriately. And then Maybe it's swapping hosting providers. You know, there's it's it's a it's a stepping stone thing. It doesn't all have to be done tomorrow. Absolutely, and I would encourage you if this is not your thing. Like some of you, if you're like uh, Alex or or myself, you might listen to a podcast like this and think, okay, hey, I'm going to go see if I can do this myself. You know, and through maybe the corresponding blog post or some some YouTube tutorials, you figure it out, and that's great. If you decide that you don't want any part in <laughs> in figuring this kind of stuff out but you're not on a platform that takes care of some of this stuff for you, then there's people that you can reach out to um, that might be able to help you with that. So for instance, whoever built your website, sometimes they'll also offer services around further optimization around that website, uh, getting some of these third-party tools set up. I know that's something that we do uh, for our clients who request it. So you know, reach out to them and see if they'll take care of these things. Uh, Like Alex said, kind of decide, is it worth your time to do this or should you just get somebody to take care of that for you. But like so many other things, I think one of the big takeaways from this is don't get overwhelmed with it. You know, do what you can, make small improvements, and over time, uh, it's going to make a difference. Definitely, definitely. Well, Alex, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more episodes in the future where you join us. I had a, a feeling that this was going to be one of our longer episodes. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry about that. I, no. I, I tend to talk, and there's a lot of information on this, but Absolutely. I appreciate you having me, and I'm happy to, to be back anytime, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, th- I think we'll have to talk about security at one point too. <laughs> uh, and this just happens with our conversation, right? I feel like sometimes I'll call you and it'll be like, hey, I got five minutes and all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, we're still chatting about something. So uh, it just seems to be the case with our conversation. It's a, it's our a good and bad trait. That's so. right. That's right. Well, thanks again. And uh, until next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.